Someone said about the Word of God that it is letters that's been sent from heaven to us so that we could read what is on the heart of God for us. And so when we ask you to turn to the Word of God, it is God's letters to us. And generally speaking, it is His letters of love to us in which He expresses to us just His desire to have a relationship with His creation. And these letters tell us how God made it possible for Him to have a relationship with us. And um, the songs that were chosen for today speaks about how we can have a relationship with the God of the universe. And um, I'm going to ask you to turn to Numbers chapter 11, if you have your Bibles, it's in the Old Testament. We've been looking at the life of Moses, and um, I want us to look at one verse in Numbers chapter 11, and we're going to look at verse 23. And so, um, if you could open your Bibles to that passage, or click on your phones, or your iPad, or whatever means you have to look at the Scripture, or you could just look up, it's right at the back here, isn't that easy? Thank you to the guys, Renas, who makes it so much easier for us. And those of you at home, I hope you've got your Bibles open to Numbers chapter 11. But again, I say God's Word are compiled of many letters that were written to you and I. And when you read from the book of Genesis all the way through to the book of Revelation, you'll find out that God shares some incredible truths on how we can know Him and how He would like to walk with us and have a relationship with us. I had a session in the hospital this past Thursday for about four hours. I do that every five or six weeks to get an infusion. And as I was lying in the bed there, there is a nurse that's been taking care of me for the last two months, a lovely Swiss lady. And um, she really looks after me. And um, so when I walk in, I sit down and she said, would you like a cappuccino this morning, Pierre? I'd say, I'd love a cappuccino, thank you. And so she brings me a cappuccino, and then we have conversations. Nothing forced, and she would just inquire who we are, where I come from, what I do. And the great privilege of what I do is that it opens up conversations that some people would never have with other people. And so I love what I do, because it just opens up wonderful conversations about God. And this past week, it is her last time that she's going to be looking after me. Um, she's going into another area, and she says, Piet, I won't be here again when you come in the next time. I said, oh, no. She says, yeah, no, no, I'll come. But she says, I will make sure you're well taken care of today. So I said, thank you. So we were sitting, and she started just to talk and ask wonderful questions. And she had no reference point of what brings me peace and hope within my life. And she started asking me some wonderful questions. 
And I realized that it was so hard to connect it to the faith that I have. And in a very broken way, I was able just to answer some of her questions. I wish I could say that it led to conclusions in the conversation, but it didn't. For about three hours, every now and then, she would come and then she'd appear. How about this? And we would talk for about five, ten minutes. Then she would go and do something else. But every single time she would come and she would ask me the question, I didn't have to ask her a single question. And I realized that as I was answering her questions about faith in God, I started to share the wonderful gospel story that we sang about this morning. And as I shared it with her, to me, it sounded so simple, so basic. And as I was talking, my private thoughts were these, Lord, how can these words mean anything to her? How can these words lead her to a living relationship with you? And we were talking about peace, and we were talking about the contrast between religion and Christianity, which is my faith. And I tried to explain to her the difference that I'm not a very religious person. I don't observe all of these things. She says, you're not, but you're a pastor. I said, yes, but I said, I have a living relationship with Jesus. And she says, you do? I said, yes, the God who created the heavens and the earth, and you and I. And yet the words that I shared with her just almost felt a little bit empty. Because I said, Lord, how is that going to transform her life? You know, and I've shared the gospel story so many times, but it just felt like that I fell short of really connecting this wonderful gospel story Jesus' love for us um, to her. I just felt like I just couldn't connect it well. I couldn't connect the dots well. And then I was reminded of the verse we made reference to last week, which we're going to read here in Numbers chapter 23. Moses speaking to the nation of Israel and God coming to speak to Moses because he had let them out of Egypt which is a sign of God leading us out of our sin. And Moses was the person he had chosen to lead the Israelites out of their bondage so that they can be free. And we find them in the desert where they've been led out. God was taking care of them, but they started complaining and they wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to what they were used to, although it wasn't, a very good living. Typical of you and I. And God spoke to Moses about it and God said, you know, Moses, I'm going to feed all of the 600,000 men on foot with meat. I'm going to give them meat because that was their complaint. Their complaint was in Egypt, at least we had some meat and now we don't. God says, well, I'll give them what they want. It was not just a blessing, but it was a form of judgment. When you look at the context of the passage. But God says, I will give them this. And Moses says, God, how is it possible for you 
enemy to feed these 600,000 men. Now, these were just the men. Then you're talking about their wives. You're talking about the children and everyone. And Moses said, God, this is just too big for me. When I was talking to this lady, I sat in the bed because I really like her. She's such a lovely lady. She must be close to about, she's still very young. She's around 50 years old. And I so badly wanted just to see her understand what, what I think life is all about. And I felt God speak to me right in the bed there. And this is what the Lord said to Moses when Moses felt the task was too big for him. This is how, what God said to me. Also, when I looked at this task with this precious, precious Swiss lady. This is what the Lord answered Moses in the desert about the Israelites, he said, is the Lord's arm too short? Now you will see whether or not what I say will come true. Is the arm of the Lord short? In another passage in Isaiah chapter 59 verse 1, this is what God says to Isaiah. He says, um, Isaiah reading, and he speaks to the nation, and he says, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short. And he adds the words, to save. Nor his ear too dull to hear. And as I was lying in the bed there, and it was in that moment when the nurse said to me, what would you like to have for lunch? How many of you know that that just makes your heart glad? Been there for a few hours and she gave me a whole list of things and she brought it to me. And um, as I received the lunch, I sat there. These were the words that rang in my ears and in my heart. Is the hand of the Lord or is the arm of the Lord too short to save? Nor is ear too dull to hear. And courage rose up within my heart that the simple, very basic message that I shared with this lady over a period of time, that God would make good on his promise for her. Isn't that wonderful? He would make good for her. Now, I probably will never see her again, but God saw her that day. Not only did God see her, she heard this wonderful, wonderful basic Christian message that God cares for her, the creator of the universe. And she heard the message that God is able to forgive her sins as he did mine. And she heard the wonderful message that she can have a relationship with the God of all creation for all of time. Isn't that awesome? Now you say that's very basic, but when you put this message in the hands of God, he does something miraculous. And my friends, this is what faith is all about. We've been speaking about faith for the last two months. Faith is where we put something in the hands of God. He does miraculous things. That's the beauty of the gospel message. He said we need to share it. And he'll do the work. 
Romans chapter 10 verse 9 very clearly tells us that. When we pray, he says, you pray and I will do the work. It's, it's so basic. I don't understand all of the, God, can't you just do it without me praying? And I'm sure he does it from time to time. But he says, be it, you pray, you ask, and I do it. Why? Because that is what faith is all about. And so I have huge hope within my heart for that wonderful, wonderful woman that I met in the hospital there. Yes, God placed me in the hospital, but he placed me there for her. I don't think she'll ever forget our conversation. Why? Because I was eloquent. In contrast, I was very, very broken in my talk with her. I was not eloquent. But you know, when you place it in the hands of God, he takes those words and he put something living within the hearts of those people. Is the hand or the Lord's arm too short to save is the question that I'm asking you today. Is it possible for that very special Swiss lady to meet her creator and make him her friend. Is it possible? Yes, all of us one day, the Bible says, will meet our creator in one way or the other. Better to meet him here now and bow your knee before him and the Bible says we must confess him as Lord and as Savior. Better do it, to do it now than later when we have to bow the knee before him and we don't have a relationship with him. And you see, my friends, that's why God gave me a real heart for that lady. Not because she brought me cappuccinos or that was a great benefit. As a matter of fact, she told me she got into trouble the previous time for bringing me cappuccinos in plural. And so when she wanted to bring me one uh, on Thursday, I said, don't bring it. I don't want you to get into trouble. She says, it's my last day here. <laughs> Precious lady, I want to see her one day in eternity with us. And I say, Lord, is your arm too short to save her? And the obvious answer is no. No. You and I need to face up to the reality that the Lord is up to whatever challenge lies in your path as you walk with him. Not only is salvation, this was my challenge this past week, was for this lady to understand the gospel message that God loves her and that his son died for her on the cross and he rose again from the dead so that she can have eternal life and a relationship with him. That was my challenge. You may have a challenge today, whether it is a challenge where you have a very difficult relationship with a spouse. My question to you is this, is the arm of the Lord too short? And the answer is no. You may have a challenge in the fact that you have some children or a child 
that has taken a road that if they carry on on that road, it just leads to trouble and difficulty. The question is this, is the Lord's arm too short to divert your son or your daughter onto a pathway that leads to life and to peace and to everlasting life? And the answer is, no, his arm is not too short. My friends, you may have chosen a path where you have wandered away from this God that paid the ultimate price for your life by giving his son to you as a gift of salvation. And you recognized it, but then you've chosen a different way. And in the Bible, we see a number of people doing that. Paul speaks about some of his colleagues who have taken away that leads to trouble and difficulty. They've gone down that road. Now maybe you've chosen that road today. Maybe you've become distracted by so many other things like the Israelites. They, they were distracted by the life God had given to them. God was really taking care of them. When you read the scripture, God was there. God was talking to them. They've been freed from their slavery, but now they've gotten comfortable within the wilderness, if you could ever be comfortable within the wilderness. And then they started complaining, and the moment we start complaining about the provision of God, it is amazing how quickly we look for substitutes and alternatives. And that's what the Israelites do. Maybe you've gone down that road or you're walking down that road. As we were praying for you this week, the question is, is the arm of the Lord too short to reach you? And the answer is, no. My friends, he could reach you wherever you are at. Moses stood back. God spoke to him. And the Lord said to him, I am up to the challenge. I want you to know, friends, whatever your need is today, God is up to the challenge. Look to him and ask him the question, is your arm too short, God? Sometimes we just need to ask him that. I asked him that question, certainly within this context and in a few other contexts this week. I said, Lord, is your arm too short? And you know what? God is not offended by me asking him this. He understands I'm human. He understands that, um, that I'm sinful at times. He understands that. He looks down upon me and he says, Piet, I am the Lord who always keeps my promises. Is the arm of the Lord too short? No. You see, my friends, if you start reading the Bible, this letter of love that God writes to his creation, you'll pick up so many promises within the Bible, and that's what Hebrews 11 has been all about, those promises and the men of faith. And God says, I always keep my promise. You can challenge me, I'm up for it, I'll always keep my promise. What are some of the prayers that you find yourself praying more often than not? 
that very thing, my friends, you need to know that God will keep his promise. Such a faithful God. And then in the wilderness here, as God was speaking to Moses, in different periods within Moses' life, he had an encounter with God. And oftentimes the scripture would say that he encountered the Christ, Jesus. That was in the Old Testament. He encountered him. And my friends, the question that I want to ask you this morning as we close is this. In Moses' life, Jesus stepped into situations where Moses needed him and revealed himself to him. God was saying to Moses here, Moses, where do I fit into your plans in leading this nation? I want to ask you the same question today. Where does Jesus fit into your plans? As a matter of fact, he's way too big for your plans. <laughs> do you know the right question to ask here is, where do you fit into his plans? Would you say that's a better question? Where do you fit into his plans? You see, my friends, I cannot save that very, very precious Swiss lady that I came to know over the last month and a half. It's not my business to save. It is Jesus' business to save. Amen? And that's our title. Can you just put the title on for us, Renus, there, please? You can't. He is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. My friends, that's the big picture here. Is that you cannot save yourself. You cannot be the solution to your problems. God was saying to Moses, I am the one who is mighty to save. In closing, I want to read a scripture for us found in the New Testament because he is mighty to save you from all of those things that are just holding you down. And can I have the worship team, please, the band, to come forward as I read the scripture in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Wonderful passage. Just going to wait until they walk up for us to read. And I'd like you to take just this wonderful passage and to understand in the context what we talked about that Jesus wants to step into your life and I'd like you to respond to just say where do I fit into his plans for my life this is what Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 says this is Jesus speaking, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. 
is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about your clothes? Well, I think we are worrying about our clothes today, aren't we? What we would wear today. Why worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. My friends, this is the letter that God writes to you today.